0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
1: For Another episode of the X Man podcast. Thank you as always for checking out the show. I am in not so sunny Manchester, England. Battles just wrapped our two month long tour <laughs> with uh Volbeat and Skindred last night. We played in front of like 25,000 people in the Netherlands, which is crazy. Uh, really, really a sight to behold. Maybe the I think the first time we ever played a stadium, it was actually like a uh, small st- soccer stadium. you know, the big stadiums hold you know upwards of a hundred thousand people, but it was still still pretty incredible. and and yeah, we did it. <laughs> we're not we're not totally done. We have four shows left in the UK headlining uh, doing some small rooms, so it's gonna be a big contrast to the Volbeat tour doing these giant arenas. Uh but it's going to be a lot of fun. But no, huge su- super huge thanks to Volbeat and their crew, Skindred and their crew. Everyone was just really incredible. And it was a long long time. It's like I feel like I'm not really going to be able to reflect on it till maybe I don't know, months from now or years from now. Who knows? Who knows? But uh when you when you leave home for 2 months, man, that's a, it's a lot, it's a lot to deal with, but you know, definitely grateful we get to do this and, and Europe's in, in an incredible place. And so just the opportunity to see the world and do what we do, I love it. I really do, but I am looking forward to going home. I really, I really am. So uh, with that said, I'm actually, I'm not gonna do a big monologue right now. I'm actually gonna do kind of like a, an epilogue and I'll explain it a little later. But uh, right now, I'm just, I'm just going to get right into this week's show sponsor. Uh, it's a band from South Florida named Papillon. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. And if I'm doing it wrong, then I apologize to the band and uh, they can come yell at me via email. My apologies, guys, if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Uh, but we're going to play a new song from them entitled Prophet of Ash. <laughs> there you have it that was papillon with their track prophet of ash and uh man i had like a very old school kind of black metal vibe and you know especially in the in the presentation how raw it is i feel like you don't really hear recordings like that very much anymore and it definitely makes it stand out you know because everyone you know has these like kind of perfect sounding records and it's uh it's got a vibe man it's got definitely an evil evil old school vibe um but yeah, if you want to check that out, that's actually part of a uh, new three-track EP that uh, they just put out. And uh, oh, the way you spell the band's name is actually P uh, A P I L L O N. Um, if you want to check them out, go to their link tree, which is Papillon S F L for Florida, South Florida. And uh, and yeah, they are. Essentially, they're unsigned and they're, they're open to working with labels, promoters. Um, you can find their new EP on all streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, etc. And they are booking shows down in South Florida for the next year. And They have some music videos coming out this year on YouTube and Vimeo. And they're looking to also put out a new LP in 2023. So head over there and uh, tell them.co and the x Man sent you. All right. Without Also, if you'd like to sponsor the show, just uh, shoot me an email at thexmanpodcast at or just uh, get up in the DMs. I think we have availabilities coming up, so just holla at your boy. All right, without further ado, I'm just going to give a quick intro to our guest this week for the second time on the X-Man. It's a little just catch-up conversation with Brandon Chapati of Bleeding Through, X-18 Visions. Essentially, because we're doing these reunion shows with Bleeding Through and God Forbid, I thought, you know, it'd be a perfect time just to catch up, see how he's doing, and uh, talk about the shows, talk about what's going on with Bleeding Through. And you know know the man. He's badass. Old friend. You guys are going to love this. Enjoy my conversation with the awesome Brandon Chippatty. glad uh we could do this catch-up because you you were on the show i want to say it was like my 26th episode or something like super early on Super early on yeah before bleeding through got back together Mm -hmm. and so much has happened since since then but i had to you know uh bleeding through and god forbid are joining forces to do these uh shows in jersey on january 6th and 7th jersey in, in massachusetts early 2023 so i was like you know what i got a big brandon on and just check in yeah see dude. what's oh, going yeah. on that's what's awesome. Thank no, awesome thank you no thank you guys yeah. man i mean honestly like i feel like if it wasn't for you guys the shows wouldn't have happened because no, they def-
2: i mean they definitely would have <laughs>
1: no would've. i'm telling I you mean, it's like one of
2: those things too like it we we've been fortunate enough to like be a part of like I'll just put it in a broader spectrum. We've been fortunate enough to like be part of like this time capsule. And that's yeah. what I call like our kind of genre and generation of like metal and hardcore and all that shit. I basically call it, like the Ozfest era, right? Yeah, and all these bands that were on that uh, part of that like early two thousands to like two thousand eight is like that's like the time capsule, right? And those like, it's like we built our own. I don't know scene kind of yeah, it, and it's like it's non accepting to anything else it just moves with us and it's like that scene was so big that it just it it's still fucking big it's crazy like when we came back into some shows like just back then it was like it was so overwhelming with the amount of like love that we got and like um just acceptance and it was just seeing some of this like you notice some of the same faces, you know what I mean? And you're just like, what the fuck? Like you guys are still at these fucking shows and it's like it's the best thing ever. Like and they still think it's the, the best thing ever. And they're still wearing like OzFest 0 04 shirts. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I think it's what happens though, it's like they're into it back then and yeah. then they kind of disappear, get, have some kids, do their jobs and then all of a sudden it kind of it comes back around. They're like and then they they get back into it, you know? And that's mm-hmm that's the kind of wave where we're, we're all kind of riding right now. How has it been doing? Cause you did the hate Breed shows and did you guys play yeah. uh, the ghost inside festival? Yeah. I mean, dude,
2: it's kind of funny. It's like, whenever we come back and put shows, like put songs together, we decided to like put more songs together and play some shows. It's like, um, just happens to be doing some stuff as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, Oh, we're coming to the West coast. Who are we going to ask to get on our shows? It's like bleeding through. So like, Three three years ago, we did some shows at Heybreed breed as well, and they're freaking awesome. And uh, this time they came back around, they offered us the shows, and of course we're going to say yes, and it was just great. And, I mean, I've probably never been so pumped up to do fucking shows ever after that weekend. Like, dude, it was like, <laughs> the numbers were incredible. I saw, uh, dude, it was crazy. It was just every, like, we only did four shows of them one of them was mixing with that ghost inside show in vegas which was it it was just uh, on another level of like intensity like the whole show just fucking went out and just was like boom and it's just it fucking killed it and it it's like if you weren't into this type of music before that show like you're going to be into it now like it's just that was like a total like flag in the middle of the fucking field like you know this scene is fucking here stronger than ever and i really got that like sense on those hatred shows too like hate breed is still fucking hate breed and bleeding through is still fucking bleeding through. And it's like, it's almost like nothing fucking changed. You know what I mean? And that, I mean, it has, I mean, there's so many incredible bands now that are like, like younger bands that just, I mean, quite frankly, make us look like fucking trash, but (laughs) it's like, but it's like, you know, that, like I'm saying that era of like bands, it's like, it is fucking strong. And it's like, And I think what's happening now is like kids that were like younger are now like discovering like our bands now as well. And I think that that's perfect for even like when like God forbid doing these shows, like the time is like, it's open for discovery again. Like there's so many new faces that are like wanting this music and, and wanting to see where the influences to all the bands that they love come from and how they were. And I think bands now are paying more homage to, you know, the fucking dinosaurs like us that kind of paved the way. But it's like, they're, at least they're giving more props to it and their fans are listening. So their fans are wanting to discover us as well. So we actually saw so many like younger people that are like never seen Hey Breathe at all, never seen Bleeding Through and they're like 18 years old. You know, that's crazy because it's like last time we played, they were like 14. <laughs> and then before that, they were like four. Yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like you know it's cool that like the word is kind of trickling down and people are like doing their history with like the music and it's it's just a really refreshing thing and i feel like right now more than ever the the friendships between like younger bands and older bands is even getting like stronger you know we had like dying wish and body snatcher on those shows and they're fucking awesome and that's like the next generation and you, you it's it's really cool to kind of be part of something and not try to you're not trying i'm not I'm not doing Bleeding Through to try to be, like, in a big band anymore. Like, yeah. it's, like, cool. Like, we, I'm doing it for the opportunities to still do this because it's such a fucking blessing. And it's just been – um, it's crazy to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fucking crazy. It's, like – and so these, these newer bands are just, like, fucking pumped to be have us along and, like, kind of be, like, nostalgic and for them to be a part of it. But that was just, like, a total long – Fucking answer honestly. No. Those Hapri shows,
1: fuck man. Like, well, I'm I'm, uh, well, I'm actually like more interested. Injo- so I'm actually like more interested in the the Ghost Inside Festival because, oh yeah, in many ways, like th- that generation of metalcore is like you know you're you know it's all it's not that far off. It's like maybe only a couple years, like you said, like from that 2008 to 2010 oh. range. But it's almost like a whole different crowd of young people who maybe yeah. didn't, were a little too young to get into your band or, or my band. Yeah. And then even they took like a break because of their accident and they disappeared and they came back and they were bigger than ever. And yeah. it's like, in a way that almost like there's no precedent for, right? Like yeah. a band that heavy to be, you know, break up and come back and draw 8,000 people or something, you know, it's 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 really it's nuts,
2: it's nuts.
1: But on a show like that, I mean, is it primarily a younger crowd or is it a mix? That's what I'm saying. Like the mix was strong and
2: it was like older people that were there to see the ghost inside. Like, for example, like I have a lot of like friends in Vegas. My wife and I go to Vegas all the time. It's kind of like our second home. So we've made a lot of friends there and they're not from our world, man. (laughs) Like they know of bands and shit, but like they're not from our world. And they're my age, so they're, like, 40-whatever. And they were – all all they could talk about the whole time for the show, they didn't really care about us. They were so pumped to see the ghosts inside. Like, (laughs) it was just like, oh, that fucking song, Avalanche, like, oh, fuck, kicks in and just want (laughs) to – it's like, you know what I mean? I just (laughs) want to (laughs) mosh. You know what I mean? And it's like – so, dude, honestly, I feel like there's been this, like – gap that's been bridged you know what i mean like i have like friends that are like super normie type people and I'm, that's so mean of me to say but like not from our world you know what i mean and they're sure. discovering like bands like now still and like through our friendships are discovering more and it's like they send me like dude have you heard lorna shore and i'm like bro like how do you listen to that band like i love that band but if you're just getting into this type of music i feel like that'd be like one of the like last bands you want to just that's like Diving into the fucking like deep end first and then swimming your way to like the shallow end. Like, if you're gonna try to just understand Lorna Shore, like right from the get go, fucking all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's cool as fuck. But it's like, even like that, like, there was young kids there, there was old, there was this is the, there's, you've, you, I guarantee you've seen this too. It was fans of your band that are bringing their now fucking 15, 16 year old kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, fucking my dad's been wearing Bleeding Through shirts forever and I get to go see this band. Like, how fucking rad is that? Like, that's something that was really cool. So I feel like that show was really, like, such a like a, a, it bridged so many gaps. You know what I mean? You know, it was just a, it was refreshing to see. Everything that we've been doing is so refreshing. Like, people are so pumped in it and accepting the music, including myself. I mean, you know, I'm just a fucking, I'm a snob, dude. And well, I think it's listen, one of the one that told you're one of the ones that told me, you're like, Brandon, like where we come from, it's it's like, you know, snob world, like how intricate can you be and how technical and what are your transitions like? And then I remember you saying to me, sometimes you just, get, one day you just got to let it go and just accept music for what it is. And if it moves you, it moves you and don't even think about the other shit. And I actually remember, I mean, maybe you don't remember me saying that, but. You said that to me and honestly like I've discovered so many more bands now that I would have been so elitist against, you know what I mean? That because mm-hmm. they just fucking they move you. If the music moves moves you it moves you.
1: Yeah, I mean and that's like I look at a band like Turnstile for example, right? It's just power chords, right? Yep. And they're like becoming one of the biggest rock bands in the world. Dude. And it's just because the music moves people. It they does. made they made a piece of artwork that connects and you know, it's like even like us being on this Volbeat tour, I almost like undersold how much of their music is just punk rock, right? It's just, just, totally just, just, punk, just, just four chords and people go nuts. And it's like, cause yeah. it's, ele- it's elemental, right? It's like some of those things or like, you know, they, you know, they do a lot of like fifties kind of uh, old rock and roll stuff where you're like, oh. it's literally the building blocks of all the stuff that that have come after it but all that stuff it's not about technicality it's not about uh showing off it's just like this thing that hits you in your gut you know that just is always it just moves people and it's it's like and being able to kind of like i had to unlearn the uh the the being so into guitar stuff or being into technical stuff or the heaviest thing and just get into like you know music is emotion and just kind of vibing on that and like how does it hit you and and de-intellectualize it you know yeah, totally and that's and
2: i honestly think fans are doing that too like yeah. i feel like the fan like fans of bands are accepting like i said before like turnstile and lorna shore are perfect examples okay you have like the der- it's like a math equation the derivative from both of these bands is like the hardcore world right and that's what can happen one band goes one band goes turnstile Yeah. But now it's, I feel like, I mean, this dates, but it's like, remember, like in the fucking night, like, let's say mid 90s, it was like you would see shows, like being from Jersey, you'd see like Dead Guy play with like Lifetime. Yeah. And it just somehow fucking worked, even though the bands were so opposite. I find that right now that's happening more than ever, where I feel like different types of bands are being able to tour with each other because. I think I think people that are listening to music are more accepting to all types of stuff because there's such good examples of of all types of of I don't know. Come me you say genres? Just all types of paths of their music. You know what I mean? Like there's the Turnstiles, the Lorna Shorts. You know what I mean? So I feel like right now is just such a positive time. Like that's I mean these God forbid bleeding through dates. I mean fucking Nora's on that shit, dude. That's Damn. crazy as fuck. Like, I made that, I made that happen. I was
1: well, actually when Carl hit me up and he's like, we got to do these shows. And I was like, all right, let me, like, let me figure it out. But I was, I was really adamant about that because, you know, and then some people in my band, I'm going to say who we're like, why, why are all these old bands on there? I'm like, because that's what people want to see those, the, the the people who are coming out, the people who've been begging us to play for 10 years since we broke up that, you know, they want to see us with the other bands that on oh, that era. Were, yeah yeah like yeah. It, and because it, it, it was a community that's mm-hmm. the whole point of it it was a, like all those bands we've all played shows together we've done the hell fest together we've done the furnace fest and all that shit and it was it was all the same you know and even like you know having carl like someone who ran ferret records and helped break a lot of the bands that were part of this scene all that stuff ties together man i could think about I mean, one of the craziest shows i've ever seen was shy hallowed uh, you know, it was yeah. hate breed caving at uh and the shy at the uh middlesex county college i want to say it was like 99 or whatever or 98 it was one of the craziest shows i've ever seen in my life and it's like and, and to me it's almost weird for us to even be like headlining something like that because i think like you know I don't. Really, I, I can't say definitively. Definitively, if we've had more impact than you guys or Shia Haloot or any of that, like or whatever, um, but I'm glad that we could be kind of the umbrella to bring Dude, it all that's together. That's what's up, man.
2: And you are that band. Your, you're that band. So That's awesome.
1: Man. We'll see. Listen, we've we've headlined over you guys a few times, and it, it didn't go well for us a lot of times.
2: <laughs> I will say this, man. Like you know, like. I want and I tell all the bands as well like I want all of you guys I want all the bands to have like the most amazing show but I want my band to have the most amazing show that's
1: why you, like, you should that's why you should know, I the feel way. like
2: everybody should kind of have like that sort of like spirit like it's not like even a competition it's more just like I am so fucking I just put so much of myself out there but I know the other bands do too and that's just like my thing it's like you know i actually it was you know it was cool like playing after a band like dying wish and and uh body snatch on the hate shows like they were good on stage like they were good and so it really like pushed us yeah and i'm like dude i haven't felt like that in a while and i think that that was one of the things that i missed about playing like that like i want to be inspired you know what i mean like i want to like feel like Okay, like I want, I want another like little like little fucking jab to get me on stage. You know what I mean? Because I think sometimes some like bands get sort of like set. Some bands don't even watch other bands anymore because they're just like fuck. They've watched too many too much music. They can't even do it. But like, I like seeing like what's out there and seeing like what bands like us. It's not like up against, but it's like what what is our like what are our constituents doing? Like what are what are the other bands doing? You know what I mean? I like paying attention to that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, sometimes it's funny. Like when we did the God forbid reunion show, the first one at Blue Ridge, did you guys play Blue Ridge? You did, right? We did play Blue Ridge. Um, I kind of like didn't want to, because I didn't want to watch too many bands because we had an insanely high slot. We played over Mushroom Head. We played over, yeah. uh, um, who we play? We played over Queensryche. We played over <laughs> Chelsea Grin, all these you yeah. know, butcher babies. And I was like, you know what? I was like, so I always feel like, uh, do you say a uh, comparison is the thief of joy or something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't, I didn't want to compare my show to someone else's show. I just wanted to like have our show and let it be Live in your just, moment. You yeah, just Live let, just moment. enjoy it no matter what. Like, oh, that band had a bigger crowd or that band had whatever. It just, I'm trying to like unlearn some of that stuff to like, just be in the moment, cause I think, and,
2: and you know what? I'll start to interrupt you. Like that is something that, like, and I hate to go like the industry, but that is some of the industry instilled in us when we were younger. Yeah, because we our shit was just like you know, just the trajectory was like, okay, we're right here, and all of a sudden, like, boom, like that. Yeah. You know, we started caring about that shit, and we didn't care about that shit before. We just used to watch me, like, dude, you see how fucking sick that is? okay my turn now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then it was became like, fuck, like, how are we gonna play after this, man? Like. Like, it's just shit like that. Like, I don't give a fuck about any of that shit anymore. Like, I really don't. I can honestly say that. But, like, I know what you're saying. Like, when Bleeding Through first came back, like, play the show, I could share your anxiety with that. I didn't watch fucking anyone because I just wanted to, like, just focus in on and manifest, like, the Bleeding Through show. Yeah. And not have, like, anybody else's shit even get in the way. So I totally understand that vibe of it.
1: Yeah. You know, but now um, you
2: got to watch us.
1: Yeah. No, I'm not gonna watch. I'm not gonna watch all them crazy pits and then and, and go, we didn't have as many. No, I'll, I'll watch it. It's little bit. going
2: to be fucking so sick, man. No, I honestly think crazy. you
1: know, I honestly think, like, even if like, you know, there's some people who are like just there for you guys and don't watch us, I like I think there's just gonna be a joyous feeling in the yeah. rooms. You know what I'm saying? Like to, you know, because I think people like it's a moment to kind of celebrate this moment. Because yo, I'm gonna like put out some like TikToks and videos, just letting people know this might be it. We may not, you know, like, we're doing the uh the Lamb of God cruise in yeah in October, but outside we might not ever do anything again. So my, people ask me, "the Oh, Doc, uh, oh, when are you coming to L.A.?" "Oh, Doc, when are you coming to UK?" I'm like, maybe never. So get, well, come to L.A
2: come to LA when we return the favor and bring and you guys can come out and play with us out here.
1: It'd be great. It'd be fantastic. Be sick. Um, It'd be sick. We'll see. We'll see. It's just, you know, I the, doing the two band thing,
2: <laughs> it's I imagine it's fucking hard, man, especially it's, when in your bands is like very high profile and takes up a lot of time, you know what I mean? And it's it's great.
1: Also being in Europe and having to do things on off times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And trying to make it make it work, and me being kind of like the main organizer of things, it's uh, yeah. it's definitely a, a, a challenge. So it's it's I don't envy my own position of trying to be the architect of uh the logistical element because it's tough when you have people who live in different states and of course you're know, trying to organize okay. Zoom calls to like you know hey who's to get the crew and book the van and find gear and rehearsal spaces and get the merch made and all that stuff. It's, yeah. it's a lot. Can I ask you a question? Sure.
2: Okay. What, you know, cause I want to, I always like to know this too, when bands get back together, what was the motivation to kind of get back together and play? Um, I, think what, of, you know, I mean, I know, I know what mine was, um, but it took a while to get there. So I just wanted to know like what, you know, what's bringing God forbid back.
1: I think it's two things. Uh, the first thing is that I think we nurtured the personal relationships over the last few years. and saw each other and hung out with each other and just like be, you know, uh, embraced being friends and being Mm -hmm. like, like I said, and our friendships go beyond that. Like we're, uh, it's family. Like there's a connection like that we have that I can't re fabricate that connection with any other band. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you only have your first one first love. Right. Um, so I think that was really like important to kind of, um, uh cherish that and kind of like hey if we if the idea that ever came out we play again it's for the right reasons and not because of money or not because mm-hmm. um we're trying to reclaim some glory or we're going to you <laughs> know or whatever. And then the second thing is it seemed like for the first time since we broke up people really wanted to see the band. Like I um I did some podcasts and the guys like oh, is God from going to do a reunion and I go I don't think people really give a shit. And then that went around the internet and went on blabbermouth and all loudwire and all this stuff. And then the comments were like crazy. Like people were like, "Oh, for God I've been sick." And it's funny if you you look at the end of the band, like 2012, we were not a cool band. Like if you go look like our Facebook page, there will be like a post and there'd be like four comments. And then now when we like announce reunion, it's like dude, it's, it's for, we don't have like, we have like, you know, 50, 56,000 people on Facebook, you that's know, 200 likes 200 comments. Like, and so when you see that um, excitement, you go, okay, you know, there seems like there's something here. And then all of a sudden you get like a big offer. That's like, well, that's kind of, that's okay. We got to kind of, you know, take that seriously. And then you kind of put the conversation, you have the conversation and it was, uh, you know, we almost did this a year ago, and then it didn't happen because I ended up, I played this the band the wedding band with uh, the Metallica guys, so I got that gig offer, and I wanted to bump it, and then we just couldn't hammer down a date, so we just kind of put it on the back burner, and then the Blue Ridge thing came up. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it's like, and it's just I mean, so much. Go ahead, sir. I mean, that's that's
2: that's awesome. I mean it's kind of like why like it's it's similar why like bleeding through got back together and did show i mean we were always going to sort of get back together but the reasoning why when we did when we did was just we like fucking missed each other like you know what i mean like like marta's like my fucking sister like i miss her and i miss you know ryan and derek and i miss like that's the moments right and it's something that you started taking for granted and it's like and it was one of these things where we put it off we 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 started right like right before COVID, put out level kill all. It was doing well. We started touring like not touring, but playing shows, going to Europe. We were busy. We were like the machine was moving. And then COVID, it was like boom. Yeah. And then it was like I I think through that time I, I have a greater I had a greater um, under like a greater pride and sort of like uh, thought towards why I wanted to do this and appreciation. Because after COVID, I had no idea we were going to do it. I'm like, maybe people are not going to do it. You know what I mean? Maybe people in the band aren't. And the fact that we get to do it still now is just, it's overwhelming. And like, I get like emotional on stage now, like emotional. And I'm just like, tell people, I'm like, listen, I'm an emotional motherfucker, but I could also bury you in the ground. So don't fucking, you know what I mean? So I'm like, pure dude goth like i wear eyeliner but i watch sports you know what i'm saying like <laughs> you're the you're the chad uh meme <laughs> so it's like it's just uh i'm glad that you guys are back like i i was when we got the offer it was like a no brainer like it was like i said yes before i even asked the band but then i asked the band and half the band couldn't do it yeah. and i'm like fuck because I was just like full boat, we're going like no questions asked. It was like even even our even our agent was like it, that was the quickest you answered a text to a uh, you know a offer. Just because like I can't we can't we can't wait to go and like share that moment with you guys. You know what I mean? And let's have it just be a fucking celebration, right? It's a big and That's deal. why it's it's just fucking that's what it is. And your band fucking rips. Thank <laughs> you, you guys have no, always been. You guys have always been humble to a fault you know what i mean and like you are one of the biggest influences on bleeding through you know like it really it really it really was we started playing on line six guitar heads because you guys played line six guitar heads like this is no joke like so just being part of that and being part of the celebration and just getting on that stage and putting all that fucking energy like dude thank you so much for these offers these are great
1: no, man. I mean, th- I mean like I said. Li- likewise, it, it, it's weird because when I uh, was trying to do this a year ago, I put like a master list of support bands that maybe I thought would work. And I didn't have you guys on a list because it, it wasn't even realistic to me. I'm like, they wouldn't, you know, you're on the opposite coast. Like, I mean, at the peak, you guys were a bigger band than we were. And like I said, if it was reverse, if it was West Coast, you guys would be you know, definitely headlining. So it was like not even in my scope. And when Tim... Tibor brought that to the table. I was like, are you kidding me? That would be like, I couldn't, I'm like, it's perfect. It's like so perfect, you know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's, it's going to be, listen, you know, I'm very, so now you're getting me hyped
2: up. Yeah, I'm- you should be. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Josta was saying to me. He's like, all these years, I didn't want to take Bleeding Through on a full U.S. tour. He's like, I should have, because you'd be like the best hype man. I'm like, well, back then I wasn't so hyped out, but now like, fuck yeah, dude, let's get it. Seriously. Like there's no bad shows anymore. There yeah. isn't for our bands. None of them are going to be bad. Yeah. Like I've spent like the last like few years going. Oh, I don't know the show. It's it's not. It's not bad. Or in this lineup, like all of it together, just solid. The time of year, New Year, new vibe. Let's fucking do it,
1: man. Yeah. Also, you know, we got we got John and Matt from shadows fall with their new band playing the show. So it's like living wreckage is fucking sick as fuck. Part of the, you know, it's part of the family, part of the, the crew. And that was really important to me to like, Oh, you know what? We get a new band in there, but familiar homies and you know, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And it's, uh, you know, I'm excited for you guys. When I was, you know, listening to your your new record. and You put out the EP, which is like fucking yeah. so heavy. It's like fucking sense. crazy, um, and I love that that you like that you guys are are still just you know. I guess we're in different phases. I think for God forbid, it's still like a reunion. Whereas you guys yeah. seem more like you're just an. We're back f- in it. Yeah. We're back in it now for sure. Yeah,
2: and that's what, what the Hatebreed shows. Like uh, that was totally like okay, we're back in it now like yeah. we did all the festivals that were kind of like great over the summer but once you get into a club festivals are fine once you get into like a club and you feel the energy of like a club show that's when you're like okay we're back you know yeah. what i mean because you know festivals are great but they always kind of feel a little bit weird
1: yeah but I don't well, know. it's not about you it's about the festival
2: it's about the festival and it's also very big and very open um I mean, you're you're more used to it because of Bad Wolves. And for a second, they're bleeding through. is was touring with, like, Manson and shit. So we kind of figured out how to work those crowds, too. But it, there's nothing that kind of, like... There's nothing that kind of emulates, like, just being in a club. And I think after those hate hey shows, I'm like, okay, we're back in it. So awesome. let's let's do it. You, This is the celebration of your return out to the world. And then just kind of, like, figure out a way to do it. Because the right. fucking... This, it needs you. This scene needs you, man. You guys fucking kill it. Love it.
1: Well... Trust me, there's I there's all kinds of stuff I'd like to do or like in my mind sound like a great idea to do, but it's it's just a lot of work and a lot of massaging of uh, yeah. of, of, of situations. So, you know, I I always told I tell everybody, I go, with God forbid, everything we do is like the one thing. There's no yeah. like, we'll do this and then we're gonna go on tour. We'll put out just like we're doing it's that one thing. That. We commit to that one thing and then we'll work on it um and that's how i'm how i'm kind of taking it because after we do this like i said we're not going to play again for nine months (laughs) yeah so you know so there will be a lot of time to to really uh reflect on on that but uh, listen i'm I'm looking forward to it um i think it's going to be really special and i gotta i gotta like you know i gotta get these guys ready because i'm like listen it's going to be like you know like rocky four where like you know uh Rocky is up in the mountains, you know, training. And then, yeah. you know, fucking the Russian, you know, is is he's up there. He's training. Like we're each, I'm I'm just telling guys, like, listen, right now, breathing through, is in the rehearsal getting we're tight. training, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're training. Oh man. All right, man. Well, listen, brother, I'm I'm really excited. I really thank you for, for taking your time to uh right. be on the show Money again. Time. And it'll be amazing just to see you in person and really just enjoy the moment, you know, for like, oh, yeah. I think this is a good moment for our scene and for our culture. And um, agree. it is historical to me. And I'm telling motherfuckers, if you don't, I don't care where you live. If you live in Ohio, in Florida. When are you going to come to Florida? Maybe never. Get your ass on a plane and yeah. see the show. Yeah. And this, by the it way, this really might be Nora's hard. last show ever. Damn. So I like, put it to bed.
2: So fuck, man. Exactly. Yeah. That's the that's the thing. Go drive to these shows to see our dinosaur bands because hoping for a tour is not gonna happen. Like people are like, oh, Blue you should go on like a tour. Nope. It's just not gonna happen. We're just in other places of our lives where we have obligations at home that can't allow us to go out that yeah. long. You know? I mean, we're
1: the same way for, for the most yeah. part. I mean, you got two guys got kids, normal jobs that they can they can basically take like, you know, maybe some vacation time here or there or you yeah. know, things like that. So and it's I'm respectful of that and I wouldn't you know, I think I actually like this better because it makes it more special and you don't get burnt it, it, out. It, it kind of does. And then you won't hate your band.
2: You could always be like joyous together. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right, man. Kill it with Bad Wolves. Tell Rob I say what's up.
1: Actually, I'm going to see Suicide Silence is playing across town. So I'm going to go
2: to that oh, show. Those and... are my dudes. Tell Mark and Eddie I say hello. Will do. Take care, brother. Or tell them all I say hello. Brother. Absolutely. I was just talking to Eddie yesterday. I was feeding his ego. Tell him Good. he's the fucking he is the pinnacle of deathcore vocals everybody that's doing it now that sounds gnarly or they just want to be him very good and go. it's fucking true bro it's true he's still good. <laughs> he so is. good he is all right man talk you take, take care, care bye-bye, bye-bye. Out there,
1: dude. thank you bye-bye i am the devil and
3: i am here to do the devil's work
1: just heard the track rage of the ep of the same name which was released this year from bleeding through i think that song is fucking killer really really cool song uh hope you enjoyed the conversation with brandon love that dude his uh enthusiasm and intensity is uh you know i just it's very infectious and i i really appreciate that it's like uh you know, you just, I like—I just like people get energy. You know, and Brandon, Brandon's got that. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.
3: I'm in a period of emotional people.
1: I tell all the,
2: oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going?
3: I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia.
2: Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox.
3: Life can hurt, but life is sweet.
1: Little Wing, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go
3: to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price, line.
2: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you
3: more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild
2: side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
1: Um, but yeah, and he just got me all hyped up for the shows, which is which is amazing. So uh, what do we have going on right now is I'm actually kind of trying some different things with the format of the show, and I wanted to do some things where perhaps we do a more traditional interview section and then also do some more topical stuff so i've been kind of collaborating with uh, my friends at the 2020 podcast and also members of the lost symphony band of you probably noticed lately and what we're going to be doing is kind of like these like topical segments maybe once a month and maybe i'll break up the shows like this where half the show it's one kind of interview and we bring in someone from that show and this week we have benny goodman from that show to talk about some Kanye stuff. Now, one caveat: we did this about a month ago, and so much has happened since then. So I'm gonna play this, and then after that, I'll kind of do a little catch up on all the 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 events since then, because I I think this is very prescient, and I think it's very important, not only uh from like a from a musician standpoint and an artist standpoint. I think these it's actually pretty fundamental and important to, to our society, you know, and what's and what's going on and things actually affect people, uh you know, if, it affects their lives and, and, and really the so I'm not even gonna get into it much right now. Let's uh get into this conversation with Benny and then I'll I'll chime in at the end. Check it out. Many good Goodman, welcome back to the show as part of a little topical s- segment, you know, because I, I like talking about what's going on in the news, especially stuff that pertains to the music world and the industry. And, uh, you know, you guys from 2020 podcast and uh, Lost Symphony are going to be, you know, joining me once a month or so to kind of just help me chew on some of the good stuff that's happening in, in the ether. And uh, right now there's nothing kind of bigger than what's going on with uh kanye west and well uh, let's be
0: real Hold on. sorry to interrupt you but let's sure. be real my friend doc this incredible guitarist from bad walls with this incredible podcast said hey i'll prove that people should go over to 2020 2020-d.com by talking to you because you guys are interesting because we've actually had you on our show a bunch of times so I want to say thank you first off, for helping prove to the world and all of your wonderful listeners that maybe it's worth going over to two zero two zero d dot com
1: and listening to to docs
0: episodes because they're all fantastic.
1: That's right. Thank and, you uh, and also, you know, you guys have some amazing guests, and there's three hosts. so that means that means the show is probably three times as good as this show, you know if you think about it.
0: We have Siobhan from Starset. So, like, if you like that band, she's she's so much cooler than I am. So that's right. I don't Probably know why. smells
1: better than us as well. One hundred percent. Yes, we know. That. And we and the best thing about uh, podcasts, you know, about those scratch and sniff podcasts, <laughs> you can smell the Joe Rogan's weed. <laughs> yeah, I could smell my own weed usually on my podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's where the that's where the deep thoughts come in. But but no, I I I, I wanted to talk about this this subject because it's. Kind of infinitely fascinating for me, and also complex, right? Uh, because we have a, a figure, Kanye. Alex, I'm I'm not calling him gay. Fuck that. I'm dead naming him. He's Kanye West. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, despite what what, what what he 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 prefers, but no, he's he essentially has gone on this tirade from one. Uh, Interview to the next Stating Restating Doubling down On this anti-Semitic trope um, And stereotype You know that Essentially Jewish people Are running this cabal And they control All of the industry Entertainment industry And media Um, And that's an old And dangerous Stereotype that has really you know created been at the heart of some very ugly things in our in human history and uh you know and given that you are jewish that was that's not, actually not the reason why i actually brought you on i didn't even really think about it and then i was like oh.
0: well the jewish mafia totally influenced you that's what you're. they're like you have to pick a jew or we're not going to fund you next month doc
1: well the thing about me my first girlfriend's jewish and my best friend you know one of my best i have two best friends one of them is jewish so I feel like honorary, you know, like I'm, I'm just Does that like, make you
0: Jewish? Like Jewish? You know, I
1: just, Kinda ish you know, Jewish. You know here's the thing. I vibe with the tribe. Let me put it that way. You know, that's, 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 how I roll. No, no, literally when I grew up, I actually did not understand anti-Semitism. Like I did not, under, like, I was like, well, I don't get it. Like, cause it, it literally, in order to, to me. Have to you ever tried matzah? Yeah, it's not good. Oh, yeah, that's where I can
0: understand it. I mean, yeah. I can understand if you're not educated and you try matzah and you're like, the Jews think that this is good for bread? Like, I can understand where you're like, oh, uh, these guys are nuts. But that's if you're totally uninformed, stupid, and have literally no reference to life. Other than that, I, I, I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, I, I, never, I never really. I mean, I don't get most bigotry, um, but... This one in, in particular is, is something old. and There's a lot of roots to it. Um, but when you hear things like this, and I know you know, we had talked before this, you said you weren't following it too closely, but how does that no. make you, what? You haven't been following it.
0: Well, no, I, listen, again, it's like uh, it, when Will Smith hit Chris Rock, you know, at first you're like, I, I I don't watch that show. I don't care about them. But then you couldn't walk outside just like OJ Simpson for that little period of time where it's like you don't know about it. So, yeah, I'm aware like I am in the Matrix. I'm aware that there's a guy named Kanye West doing crazy things. But let me give some back backlog here as far as why I have not given any fucks for long time. I remember going and watching on television that they had some special on this incredible smart entrepreneur, um billionaire, uh black rapper guy. And it was Kanye in his own compound singing Smells Like Teen Spirit by the Holy Nirvana in his holy church and he was singing without autotune, which I gave him total credit and props, but terribly, very terribly. And everyone around him were like if they were on one of those uh, Jesus infomercials where it's like, I have been saved. Kanye was saving everyone with his completely out of tune, terrible rendition, almost abominable. Maybe that's part of the metaphor here. Rendition of a, a, a wonderful song by Kurt Cobain. And the fact that all these people were sitting there uh, letting this into their hearts, condoning it and giving him the response that he was amazing told me that not only was he crazy, but that he was like Jim Jones, the guy that convinced all these people to go to an island and to drink Kool-Aid, laced with cyanide, because he told them to. That's Kanye West, and he's only gotten crazier. So why wouldn't he be anti-Semitic? Why wouldn't he be doing all of these? I don't understand why anyone's surprised by any of his ridiculous behavior at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I, uh, to me after the uh slavery him saying slavery was a choice how a white lives matter shirt as a as a
0: black guy standing for black communities i don't know i'm not a rapper nor am i a scientist but i imagine i have to surmise being a, a white skinny jewish dude that if i were black i would be offended by that and even not being black and being a white skinny jewish dude I was offended by that, not in the way that he wanted me to be so that I gave in to what he was trying to do, but just, like, you know, the old man that's like, pull up your fucking pants, man. Like, well, that's how I feel. Pull up your fucking pants, Kanye.
1: Yeah, that didn't bother me because that's just being a troll. Like, because... Oh, yeah! As a, because as a statement, right, like White Lives Matter, th- no one disagrees with that statement, right? So it's not on its face, it's just as a... The whole point of that is to, like be in opposition to another movement which they're like all the all the things that could be offensive are all in in the inference so i just i'm like yeah, he's, he's a contrarian well yeah he's but a contrarian to, to me like he did that for attention and got the attention no all, I,
0: what wait he's doing it for attention doc everybody <laughs> listen to the x-man podcast doc has figured out that
1: kanye is doing everything for attention continue <laughs> You got me there. You got me there. But anyway, so kind of to go back to like the Will Smith Chris Rock analogy, this would be like if Chris it, it, Will Smith smacked him on Monday, elbowed him in the face on Tuesday, drop-kicked him through a window on Sunday and then shot him again on next Monday. That's he just keeps piling on uh this rhetoric which started out with I'm going death 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 con 3 on the Jewish people. Well,
0: but um, aren't you happy that we have the miracle that is Elon Musk, who, right in the clutch of it all, bought Twitter so he could restore yeah. Kanye's handle? I mean, because if we didn't have the supervillain from Tesla restoring the megalomaniacal psychophant uh, that is Kanye West's handle on Twitter, how how will any of us go on with our lives?
1: <laughs> well, I, th- that is to some degree ironic, and given given the timing, and also. A kind of I don't know like I feel like there you know there's been I saw some tweets you know like about this triumvirate between Trump, Kanye, Elon you know we have you know kind of this uh <laughs> I don't know it's, it's like if the the Joker was like uh, a, a three three-man tag team kind of just, just no it's Pinky, of
0: chaos. the Brain, and Krang from Ninja Turtles. All like fucking working together. I'll let you infer which one's pinky. I'll call him Donald Trump. Like literally, like I, Kanye West is crank. That's what he is. He's out of his mind. He's a, he's just going to be a brain of himself walking around all bionically. Because he's a, dude, he's a supervillain. So is Elon Musk. Remember how he said he wanted to give the whole world internet service? You want to know why you want to do that? So you could take it away. Because he is a supervillain. And if we haven't figured out with him saying, you know what, trying to flex, I'm going to save all the hungry people in this world, which is a sad thing. You go to L.A., just L.A., go down L.A. And it'll hurt your feelings how many people are hungry and homeless. And this dude's like, nah, I'm going to buy a platform that 55 year old politicians use and get porn pictures from.
1: Well, I feel like the the Elon thing is a different conversation. Let's keep it. Let's let's bring it back to the to to the. Oh yeah, different supervillain.
0: Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to digress.
1: But no, but as as a, a Jewish man, is this something that uh, you know? It seems like you kind of like. It's not really affecting you because you 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 don't really take Kanye seriously. Well, I mean, listen he he's
0: creating a weird alliance because when this all happened, all these neo Nazis came out. Because they're like, I mean, again, could you imagine being on that Ku Klux Klan fucking Thursday night meeting? And they're like, hold on, guys. John and John the second and John the third over here. Johnny Smith up here. Please tell us what happened today. Okay, remember, insert really upsetting word that we were going to hang. He's one of us. (laughs) Not only is he one of us, he's wearing our shirt. (laughs) And he has a clothing line that's doing billions, guys. So maybe we should go to the nearest highways and show this insert upsetting word that we will rally behind him until he comes to us. And then in front of everybody, we can hang that insert upsetting word in front of everybody so that they know don't F with us. Because they're a great alliance because that's what the neo-Nazis do
1: the enemy of my enemy is my, is my friend, right? Mississippi burning, dude. Do you ever see that movie, man? It doesn't end well. When I was, when I was a kid, it's been, it's, it's, it's been a long time. Um, but no, the, I mean, there's been, I have my own feelings about the situation where my biggest issue with it is I I do feel like someone with his platform has this ability to reach people and he is influential. And especially, I think, the type of information, quote unquote, I'm putting it in quotes because you know it it is uh, questionable whether it's valid or not. Certain information, if people feel like people are trying to stop someone from saying something, the more valuable it must be, right? And so I think in many ways, like, con you know people like Kanye, they're the new shock rockers. Right. So instead of Marilyn Manson going out there and tearing up a Bible or, you know, uh, something like that, it's going to be, well, what's the most offensive thing I can say? Right. What's you know, and this and this is like. It's not that new, right? I mean, you can go back. I know to- how he
0: offended the Jews the most was becoming the first black billionaire, and then losing all the money in front of our eyes. Like you fucking idiot, you could have been good for centuries. Instead, you're like, ah, I'm going to say crazy shit, lose my Adidas deal, and I'm going to end up being like Mike. My- you're like Mike. You thought Michael Jackson was weird and crazy, and went to to the grave with no money, with like just an abandoned, sad Neverland with like a carousel with nobody on it. Kanye's like, hold my fucking beer. I'm gonna make billions, which is more than Michael Jackson's made, more than P Diddy's made, more than Jay Z has. More, I, where Dr. Dre is, and he's a smart dude that knows a lot of things with a lot of an incredulous amount of talent. So he's in that le- he's in that place, but he's going down. So like where he's offended, he's just made the worst decisions. He goes on his soapbox, and we give him the conch. So if you want to take away his power, because here's the thing: whoever controls the media. Controls the world. So if we allow this crazy person to dictate how we're going to interpret him, I think that that's bad. But the fact that someone like Pierce Morgan, who no one agrees with anyway, says, wow, this is still crazy. Maybe we can do get all the people united and say, you know what? Kanye is dangerous and we could do a giant universal like world Big, where he can write whatever he wants, but we're like, he's a sad person with crazy mental problems, and not let him influence people, so that even though he wants to get on his soapbox and say whatever, it, it'll be like one of it'll be like Alex Jones, like yours can't. No one cares about you anymore, man.
1: But they, but listen, they they proved in court, even after Alex Jones was deplatformed from YouTube and Facebook and all these different sites, he was still making tons of money he still had tons of viewers on his personal website and i think you make an argument not even i think it's an easy argument to make that kanye you know he's one of the most successful artists in the world he's one of the biggest names just famous human beings and he does he really need gatekeepers to release music to put out clothes no i mean really the only thing i feel with people like that That could, if you really wanted to quote, quote unquote, cancel them, is like if somehow like venues wouldn't book them or like promoters wouldn't wouldn't take on their shows. But other than that, you can't really cut people off. You can get you you can kick them off uh, Facebook. You can kick them off Uh, uh, Instagram. I can tell you
0: this has already been solved. It's actually what the, it's the same technology in my noise cancelling headphones. So just a little bit of math for people. So what Bose figured out was if you create a reverse cosine of a microphone. So basically, a microphone gets information in, and then if you just reverse it, which is a reverse cosine signal, you can cancel sound. I think that we need to cancel Conway Kanye by outcrazing him. I think we need <laughs> to find an ambassador on the on, on behalf of all African Americans. I don't, or Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle um or, or Dennis Ro- get Dennis Rodman cuz he's fuck he'll go to South Africa or or whatever it is South Korea cuz Co- he's well, a North fuck- Korea. he's a no yeah cuz he's a fucking psycho get him where anyone can believe that he's crazy and then have him get in the room with Kanye and start having him talk about the aliens underneath the, uh, all the things that uh, that Paul McCartney is still fucking alive Kanye like all the, and have him out crazy him to the point where Kanye needs to run out and figure out that he's that this guy's had a feud. That's the only way is Dennis Rodman out Kanye. Kanye to get him to be sensical again.
1: Well, I would pay to Reverse see that. Cosine. I would def- I would definitely pay to pay to see that. I don't, you know, I personally don't believe uh anyone can really penetrate that uh you know, I you know I, I've been around some people close to me that have similar thinking to that, and the truth is, it goes back to what you said about the church, you know, setup he had. You know, all the people being psyched up about his song is that he, you know, people like that tend to surround themselves with sycophants, with yes men, uh, because anyone who brings a challenging uh, idea, they they take it as a threat. You know, and he has a messiah complex. He thinks he's the prophet. He thinks he was Jesus
0: Jesus on the cover of Rolling Stone. Now, I understand that Jesus was
1: probably black.
0: It's just science. Cool, man. Jesus was a cool black dude, but he was on the cover. Jesus was Arab.
1: He probably he looked like you know an Arab guy.
0: Black. Listen, black skinned. Whatever. He's in the death. Have you been to Israel? If you're outside at all and you don't have suntan lotion, which I assume 2000 years ago, they had no suntan lotion and you work hard. You're probably black looking. You probably have melanoma. That's why they all died.
1: Jesus probably looked more like John Turturro than Wesley Snipes is what I'm saying.
0: Well, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know. I can't even see three feet ahead of me. I don't have my glasses on. I'm just saying he's not. He doesn't look like me. But but he might look like but Kanye was on the cover of Rolling Stone claiming to be Jesus and it pissed off a lot of people, understandably so. But all we've learned from him having his own church, from him actually releasing an album called Jesus, from his constant egocentric megalomani—I can't even say it—megalomaniacal megalomaniacal uh, like thought processes that he put out through Twitter as giant diatribes. This guy has had what's known as a fugue. And um, other than taking popcorn and watching him write crazy things, you have to realize that some people take this crazy person seriously. So again, I, I think the important thing is maybe we need to have people, you know, again, you're Pierce Morgans. who are normally like, yeah, cool. I can get backstage at the Kanye show. Like write articles that say, hey man, I was cool. I was down with Kanye, but now I think he's like Hitler. And It's the the same thing with Eric Clapton. Again, I was saying this to you on the first time we did this around. I loved Eric Clapton. Then I found out he's a racist. He's a blatant racist. He also denies science. He's been against everything to do with any COVID research. And I'm not going to get into that, but like he's actively stupid. So there's been a lot of people that have written about him like, hey man, I don't mean to cancel stuff. I'm not into cancel culture, but you should be made aware that this is a hateful person. He believes these hateful things. He's openly said these hateful things that maybe you don't agree with. Stop giving him money. I stopped giving Eric Clapton money. Maybe we can do that about Kanye. Have some people, you know, Jay-Z, who's cool, who are like, maybe if you like rap, you will like, I respect, I respect Z. Th- th- he's married to Beyonce, the coolest chick in the gang. Like, if he said to me, it's okay to not like Kanye, well, I would trust him over my Jewish white friends.
1: Yeah, I mean... But it's interesting, though, because you say you're not into cancel culture, but there's also this will to go, you know, well, we we shouldn't have this thrust of of money supporting someone who has these views. So isn't that cancel culture?
0: Well... You're, you're completely right. It is a catch 22. and We're all going to die. And everything we say is a contradiction. And someone can find something to, to, to figure out why you're stupid. And that's completely right. Like this whole he's a vacuum. Kanye West is a Mobius strip like vacuum that you get sucked into. And even if you try to leave Kanye, he still sucks you in because we're saying his word. We're saying Kanye. It's like a mantra to the universe. Every time we say Kanye, you you actually messaged me earlier saying, let's talk about Kanye. I don't care about Kanye. You don't care about Kanye. And here we are talking about Kanye. I do so care. isn't this almost I, a religious thing care. to the universe? Aren't we feeding the spirits? Shouldn't we get on to the, the Statue of Liberty like the Ghostbusters and, and use a Nintendo, an old school Nintendo controller and start playing like Bobby Brown to save our city?
1: Well, I think it takes a little more than that, but I think certain instances bring up uh, things that we need to talk about. I think he's he's a lightning rod for certain things because he's one of the few people, if the, not the only person, willing to push things to a place of uh, recklessness. Right? Like some people will go, "Oh, I don't care. I'll do this." He really does not care. Like he's proven in the past two weeks he does not care he will he's like i'm gonna say whatever i want to say and you can't shut me up and i don't you know and and, you know and like the like i said he he keeps doubling down but then digging a deeper deeper hole going you know i lost all this money i lost a billion dollars this week he's like and i'm i'm sorry what i said about george floyd now i know what it's like to have a knee on my neck (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's like watching an absolutely mentally disabled human being try to learn the concept of empathy in real time in front of you and fail miserably because you realize that his, his mental thought process is so egocentric that like he truly believes. Okay. So here's an actual quote from him. I understand culture period. I am the nucleus. If that's not the, epitome of what egocentrism means which for those like that play guitar like myself that may not know what that word means it it's the thought process that everything revolves around you and that your world is so full of itself that you you can't really see past your own nose which i understand because if you're an artist it's okay to be egocentric but egocentrism to the level of narcissism that he has he literally thinks he's the center of the universe He is the nucleus, which if you read like Leibniz or Spinoza or Descartes, where they say like, what is the one thing? What is the one true thing, which is a philosophical concept? It's Kanye West.
1: Well, but I'd say to some degree, he's not totally wrong, right? Because especially in hip hop, right? Usually there's this like definitive lifespan for, for rappers where like most rappers, it's like, you know five to seven years where they're in the spotlight and they kind of fade away. And there's, like I said, there's a rare, you know, you have an Eminem who kind of bucks that trend or Snoop or there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a few people. And, but most of them, right, right. They become more famous as actors, right. Like Will Smith or Ice Cube or Queen Latifah, but he's one of the few that really has only, I mean, he's done all these other businesses, but he's known a, a lot mostly for his, his music and what he, what, what he creates and the fact that he's become this firebrand as a, uh, uh, you know, someone who speaks out on political and social issues that when he goes out there and, and, and half of me doesn't know whether it's on purpose. Like he's just he's so good well, at being a troll. Do you,
0: but do you blame South Park? Because what South Park did is they took a guy who's the who's the same thing in rock Bono, right? Bono, if you go to his, his show, it's like Amnesty International and Tibet needs you. But he's actually a really great dude. He's you know, trying he, to
1: do. He put his m- money where his mouth is. He's actually. You know, he's, time...
0: Yeah, he's he's actually he's an incredible activist where a lot of, you know, rock and roll people say, don't stick to the music. Bono, if you actually find out about him, he's fantastic. He's taking pictures with George W. Bush because they found things to get along about after he petitioned the shows and used to call the White House. Like he's an incredible person doing that sort of stuff. And. But we want to cancel him. So South Park put a whole thing about how he's a giant piece of shit because it's like he's pretentious, which he is. Now the converse thing of that is the anti-Bono. And that's Kanye. Kanye is all of what makes Bono completely obnoxious and pretentious, but literally useless. It's like fluff. It's like It's like when you got the chocolate that had the air bubbles in it because they were just too cheap to give you more chocolate. That's what Kanye is. He has no substance. There's not even the things he's hearkening back to. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like when you're a DJ. And some asshole who's some rich dude who DJs for his friends with his three fucking uh, vinyls comes and tells you about some deep mix that his friend has in this rare LP because he's fucking cool. Kanye's like, yeah, you know what? I found out this deep secret about the Jews and I'm going to perpetuate it like the Da Vinci Code because nobody really knows this. So it's going to be me. It's going to start from me. And he thinks that he's like sharing this deep controversy, like, you know, like Brad Pitt saying, how about the pedophile, uh, the pedophiles in Hollywood? Like, that's a thing. Kanye's oh, like, yeah, I got my thing too. It's the Jews. And he finds some weird reason, and that's his facts. And the fact that we give him the soapbox, the fact that we give him the conch, the fact that this is the dude that took dap punk and made the song stronger is mind-numbing to me. It's it's crazier than Orwellian 1984 or Animal Farm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, it it to me, it's it's at the heart of every um great prejudice which is this idea where you can take sometimes act like actual statistics right like real things and then and then draw conclusions based on that right and it's why like so so you could go like with hey he'll go oh, okay i'll have a list of all the these organizations and these organizations and here's the jewish people there and i go okay so what are you saying like, the, because there has to be an implication there, right? Like, are you saying they got there because they didn't deserve it? Are you saying they don't work hard? Are you saying there's evil intent? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, you could sit there and go, I could put out some statistics about Black people, right? And go, well, Black people, look at the uh, NBA and NFL. They seem to overperform there. Does that mean there's a conspiracy to get Black people in the NBA? You know, and, oh. you know... And and the thing is, I think, the, the, the difference, though, I think, with, um, you know, Black people in America, there was a real conspiracy of white supremacy, right, through, through slavery and Jim Crow and redlining and, you know, things like the Tuskegee experiments. You go through where you see the, an actual structural system conspiring against one race. And so I get it why... Things like this are pervasive within that community. You know, me being someone that uh, is half black and understands that and understands that from an elemental level, why that's more appealing. But you are it's the same idea, right? It's the same way someone who is actually a neo-Nazi can go, oh, well, I had a bad experience with these three different black people. So now I don't like black people. That's at the heart of every prejudice. Well, yeah, it's creating it's creating empathy. It's creating empathy for whatever has affected you
0: somehow. And like that sucks. Like that sucks if you got jumped by three black guys in the middle of New York City, and then you're scared of black people. But then you go online, and there's like a bunch of people like I hate black people too. And like I feel part of a community. It's the not uh, the inability to educate yourself as to like what you're actually scared of. You're scared of assholes. You're scared of assholes, not black people, assholes that jump you. It's like, it's the same thing that people that are scared of gay people. They're like, oh, that guy, I'm afraid he's going to fuck me. No, you're scared of rapists. That's (laughs) what you're scared of. Like, I've I've met plenty of black guys that, uh, black gay people that want to have sex with me, but I never thought that was going to happen because I didn't think they were going to rape me. So there's a differentiation of this crazy mindset. And it's like, there's a, and, and there's a difference between being bigoted. And racist that's the other thing is like i don't understand why people conflate those two words just like they, they conflate the words arrogant well
1: racism arrogant. is a kind of bigotry like those are words you know that's well, just it's yeah just, they're, they're it, both
0: forms of assholery yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. oh yeah it's a course. different genus yeah um but
0: i mean e- either way i guess but some people are way more focused on what they hate like i hate well, jewish
1: people not well, just it, jewish it, black people well the interesting thing is you know in these, several of these interviews, where there's Pierce Morgan or Lex Friedman. Um, people point this out. That they they actually try and walk Kanye through it and explain to him why, why his thinking is wrong and immoral. And he literally does not get but, it. Do you find no irony
0: in the fact that the celebrity apprentice, as appointed by Donald Trump, is walking Kanye through why he is immoral and an anti-Semite?
1: Is that not who was the celebrity? Pierce Morgan. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Oh yeah, no, that's how he's on this planet. That's how people give a fuck about him because he went on. uh, First off, the Celebrity Apprentice. What a great show! I love Donald Trump as a fucking host. Man, he he actually was right when he said he was better than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, (laughs) because Arnold Schwarzenegger, I love him. He's a way better politician, way better human, way better everything else but celebrity apprentice he was not by comparison to Donald Trump. And Donald Trump would have all of these these meetings with his children where he would like decide these moral things like oh well we shouldn't do this because of that. And Pierce Morgan got through the whole thing. So he like Brett Michaels, like um uh, uh, what's her name? The 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 dead female um comedian who's the greatest, Joan Rivers. I love Joan Rivers. Man, she got through it. They were all celebrity apprentices. So he appointed these people and they're still saying, despite going through Trump Academy, hey, man, maybe you should pump the brakes. Right. Does that say anything to anybody? Does that does that say anything to anybody watching the Twilight Zone that is Fox News, that is the BBC at this point? Because like, they have to report on this. They, do you ever think that they sit there and go like, is this really the news i have to read today like this is actually a news thing so i got i got to give it uh, elon musk and trump and kanye credit that triumvirate you were talking about that they somehow man they make great news no matter even though they're going to be the the reason our planet destroys itself like they're the reason the arctic is 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 all thawing they're the reason that we have incredible inflation they're the reason that the ozone is thinning but we can't stop watching them.
1: Well, despite the entertainment, I, I think this, this stuff will manifest itself in some really ugly and destructive ways, um, unfortunately. And so I can only, I can, I can pick my moments to, to where, where it's funny, like, a, you know, a couple of times here and, and it is funny, but it's also like uh, the opposite side of comedy is tragedy. <laughs> so, you know, well,
0: I, it's funny. Okay. When I say funny, it's funny in the same way as, You'd wonder if Nero, while he's watching Rome burn and playing a fiddle, is like chuckling to himself. Like, I feel like I could be Nero going, ah, look at all this beautiful city and all of its culture, just going to shit. But man, I'm nailing this fucking caprice right here. (laughs) Like, that's kind of how I feel when I watch television. In fact, that's why I stay in the studio all the time because every time I leave my house, even go to the grocery store with all the other mouth breathers, I realize it's scary out there and I'm, I'm becoming more agoraphobic. And then I relate with someone like Howard Hughes, where I just want to, again, have milk and chocolate and edit my giant film with all the airplanes, because out there they don't understand the blueprints.
1: Absolutely. All right, brother. That's a good place to wrap it. Thank you so much, man, for, for being on the show again. Thank you. Thank you. Well, first
0: off, thank you for having me. And I really want to encourage people because Doc is one of the greatest interviewers and and, and banter guys on the planet. But we interview him, Siobhan, Corey, and myself on 2020, which is 2020-D.com. We are also on Sound Talent Media, which is part of Evergreen, along with the X-Man podcast. So we have a lot of the same guests. And in fact, if you like what Doc's doing and you're like, oh, who else did they poach from his show? Like they come on our show. We watch Doc's show, so we ask specifically different things. So it's like a it's almost like we're continuing him.
1: Absolutely. Brother, take care. I'll see you soon. Love you, brother. Cheers. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Benny Goodman. Huge thanks to him for being on the show. Now, like I said, I recorded that quite a long time ago, like about a month ago. And so much has happened in the Kanye saga since then, uh, the terrible has gotten much, much worse. And this was kind of exemplified by this interview he did on um, Alex Jones. It seems like Kanye is devolving worse and worse and worse and more of his kind of true hateful uh, rhetoric is is coming out. So I'm gonna give a little little timeline. (laughs) So this all started back in October, early October, where he went to some event and wore White Lives Matters shirts with Candace Owens. I had mentioned that in Talk with Benny. Then he went on Tucker Carlson and was very reserved, but was saying to me, to me things that sounded troubling, but he was completely um, embraced kind of by the right wing. You, you could see, like... Ben Shapiro really praising him and everyone at Fox News. They just loved everything, even though we found out after the fact that they edited out all the anti-Semitic s- stuff he said. Then after that, he gets let back on Twitter. And he gets more or less praised and has his uh, back padded by Elon Musk. And then right around the time that happens, he... Posts to Instagram uh, text with Diddy saying Diddy is being controlled by the Jews. Then you have the DefCon Three tweet, right? Which I think was the most kind of uh, blatant thing that that set all all this off. I'm going DefCon CON Three on on the Jewish people, and then also referring to I am Jew and the, you know the, the, you know saying he can't be anti Semitic because you know, the black uh, Hebrew-Israelite conspiracy. Then he goes on Piers Morgan, doubles down again on his anti-Semitism. Then he goes on Lex Friedman's podcast and double and triples down on this idea. Then he goes on the Drink Champs podcast, doubles down again, because now we're quadruple downing. And then he was supposed to appear on The Shop, which is LeBron James's show on HBO. And they canceled the episode because apparently he was saying things that are very similar. And then right after that, he aligns himself with white supremacist uh, Nick Fuentes and white nationalist kind of uh, alt-right adjacent, somewhat canceled Milo Yiannopoulos. I mean, the worst of the worst. Then, with his new crew intact, I guess these guys are helping his quote-unquote presidential campaign, he goes on an interview with Tim Pool, who I think is one of the kind of least good faith actors in uh, the political world. And he walks out of that interview five minutes in because Tim Pool essentially does not back up his idea that uh, they, who control everything, is specifically the, the Jewish people. And so he walks out of that. It seems like a stunt. And, you know, at this point, you know, he has lost all these, uh, you know, the uh, Adidas thing has gone away. The Lenciag, all these different companies have dropped him. And then he goes on Alex Jones and goes on what is now the infamous kind of Nazi tirade. And I'll just, I'll play a little... Uh, summary of some of the things he said, which more or less, in my opinion, speak for themselves.
3: There's a lot of things that I love about Hitler, a lot of things. I've done a lot of study, I think Hitler was a really bad guy and I repudiate what Hitler did. I understand that the British intelligence set him up and used him. I I like Hitler. I I don't like like Hitler. And I know you're trying to be shocking with that. I'm not trying to be shocking. I like Hitler. I, I, see, I, I see good things about Hitler also. You can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good, and I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the word evil next to Nazis. I think we need to look at- <laughs> Oh my goodness! Just because you don't like one group doesn't mean the other. But look, I mind. love Jewish people, but I also love Nazis. <laughs> well, I want to say there's a lot of good Nazis that were just fighting for their country, and for them all, like George Soros, for them all to get put in a box. They're all in a box. Every Nazi's bad. Well, could some of the Nazis have just been fighting for their country? Oh, they're all. Oh, we can't. We can't put them all in a box. All right. Do you have any comments on Hitler? Uh, I I have to agree with you. Schwarzenegger said he loved Hitler. They gave him an award. I'm just saying, I don't like Nazis, and I don't like what some of the mafias are doing either. I like Hitler.
1: So there you have it. And I think we all have to utilize our (laughs) common sense and wherewithal and kind of moral compass to understand the the gravity of what's there. And the interesting thing is all these rumors that he had said stuff like this in the past, uh, most notably notably by Van Lathan, formerly of TMZ, that said when that whole uh, slavery is a choice thing and Van Lathan called him out, that he was saying very similar things to that and people didn't really believe him. And so this is like completely mask off and to me it's it's emblematic of we talk about slippery slopes right how one thing leads to one thing leads to another thing and with Kanye it's this uh clearly some mental illness and um, bipolar and you know things he's been diagnosed with and mania and delusions <clears throat> and all all this stuff but keep in mind there is a tract of connected ideas that are kind of rooted in ideology that ultimately get you from one to the other. So it's, we have this hyperbole about, you know, calling Trump a Nazi or, you know, people, you know, MAGA people, they're this, and, and that things get overblown and it call, it's called Trump delusions or uh, derangement syndrome and all that. But it's, to me, not very surprising that there's this kind of pathway from I'm Mr. MAGA, I love Trump, and all of a sudden I'm Mr. Super Fundamentalist Christian and I'm, you know, uh I'll, my real the real Holocaust is is black people having abortions and all this stuff, and it leads you to, I love Hitler. And then you combine that that at the end of the day, what I think people like uh Kanye, who are megalomaniacs, the reason why he likes Trump is because it's like game recognized game. This idea that when you wield that much power, when you have the power to get millions and millions of people to kind of drink from your Kool-Aid and do whatever you want and believe everything you say, I think people like Kanye admire that power and he admires that about Hitler being able to affect the world in that way and I truly believe that what he has done by all these uh platforms and by the way in the and he's done one more interview since then with Gavin McGuinness, who is also a white nationalist and general ge- general piece of shit that he keeps going down further down the rungs of basically people that are not considered to be In my opinion, relevant, and and the dregs of the kind of political sphere, you know, these are, in my opinion, dangerous people, Um, and I think what Kanye has done has moved the Overton window to basically make it kind of okay for certain sects of people to kind of spout these conspiracies. And they don't, like I said, we, we have a definitive example of when you scapegoat a group of people. Because keep in mind, Jewish people are a minority everywhere except Israel, right? But what this conspiracy is about is about, in a way, punishing them for having success in certain fields. Right? And it, to me, anti-Semitic conspiracies are at the heart of almost all conspiracies. Because all conspiracies come down to the idea that there's a small group of people that are powerful that are running things behind the scenes. And so what people do is they'll find all the, oh, well, look at this, or oh, well, these companies and this, oh, look, look who runs that. And it's like, okay, but what does that mean? Is it possible that just those people happen to be successful and adept in those fields and have performed well? no, it has to be some grand plan or some Machiavellian thing, and that's bullshit. It's like, do we look at the NBA and go, well, all this... See, black people tend to do really well in the NBA. But isn't that a conspiracy? It's like, oh, uh, Asians tend to do very well in the medical field. Is there a conspiracy that they're honing in on that profession? And so... And because of that, it always goes to this. And we've seen historically when you, again, just because you are a successful minority, you're still a minority. And as soon as you get scapegoated, that's the Holocaust is the lesson. That's why they say, never forget, because it can happen again. And I've seen it with like these black Hebrew Israelites who are bigoted, who are racist, who in that documentary that Kyrie Irving put out quotes Hitler and finds common cause with that. It's black supremacy and that is spreading and growing. And the reason why is because Kanye is considered a genius and a poet and he's rich. And at the end of the day, the only, if your value system is fucked up and the reason why, despite me being a huge Kanye fan of his music, I've never liked him personally is because of this ego, this I'm a God, I'm I'm Shakespeare, I'm all, you know, it's like that creates a certain uh, broken value system that gets exacerbated by Instagram and all this stuff where your human value is tied to numbers, how many followers you have, how many likes you have, and how much money you have in the bank account, and this, when people follow others who have very poor value uh, systems and they don't know any better, and they go, well, they're rich, so it validates everything. They're famous, so it validates everything. We have big problems. And I think you're going to see all these types of bigotry and how that manifests in the real world through hate crimes and terrorism and just groups of minorities. And again, just because the Jewish community has done well professionally in certain fields, doesn't, they're still a minority. And there's still the, you know, that thing of the worst case scenario still looms large because it wasn't that long ago. And so, you know, that, that's just my little follow up. Cause like I said, we, we, we had this conversation uh, a while ago and I just had to kind of catch that up. And, you know, I, I would say in many ways, you know, cause this, the things like this test what free speech is and how we want to enact that and deal with that, right? I think in many ways, Kanye going out there on Alex Jones and telling me how much he loves Hitler and Nazis, I'm glad I know that. But I knew he was a terrible person doing things that were dangerous before that. It just validated something I already knew. But it's good to have that information. But I think at this point, anyone that gives him a platform is helping spread these ideas. And they never go away. They're a fringe but they're bubbling up underneath. And when you have economic instability and you have grievance culture and people need someone to blame, this is what happens to minority communities. And right now, it's whether it's gay people or trans people or immigrants or Hispanic people, whatever, whatever country you're in, that there's someone else who's coming to take your shit and I gotta stop them. This is all part of that. and. So I think Kanye West, despite, you know, I'm sorry, like, no, I don't have empathy for him because he has power, all right? Well, he just needs help. He doesn't want help. He doesn't think there's anything wrong with him. Okay, you cannot help someone who does not want to help themselves. And please, all you people on that end of the spectrum who have all this good faith and compassion for Kanye West, please utilize that good faith and compassion for all the other people you disagree with. There's a lot of people you fucking shit on every day. You never go, you know what, they need help. You just want them to lose and you you revel in their misery when things don't work out. So I think this brother needs to be shut down in terms of, like I said, just don't give him the platform. He wants to go out on his own platforms and do what he wants. Do that, but do not ele- elevate this stuff, uh, and don't underestimate them. I made this point on Twitter, which I've taken a break from, that Jenny McCarthy was kind of a you know her her uh, public image was this bimbo you know who's on Playboy, who like hosts a show, and was not really considered a serious person, became <laughs> the most influential person. And destroying faith in vaccines in this country. So, you don't need to be some genius or some quote unquote serious person to have impact. Uh, in in our society, we worship celebrity. Uh, even Connie himself, he goes, I'm more influential than the president. And he's probably not wrong. So, take this shit seriously. Though everything is out of fucking doing it for the lulls, you know? people you know the next time a synagogue gets shot up remember this this is part of that so just my little two cents that was probably about 50 cents worth (laughs) right there but i just had to kind of follow up uh, a little bit of thoughts about that but uh again thank you everyone for listening to the show i always appreciate it um i get to go home from this european tour in a couple days and i can't wait to enjoy the holidays so i bid you Farewell and Mama's out.
0: Jabberjaw Podcast Network.
3: Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come
1: join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.